Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, and welcome to the wrap-up live. This is the official Raptors Republic post-game live show. We've got myself. We've got Aiden Moss. This live show was produced by Keon Haddad. And tonight, your Toronto Raptors were, or did defeat, sorry. <laughs> I was about to say were defeated by, did defeat the Cleveland Cavaliers pretty handily. 100 to 88 was the Cleveland Cavaliers team that was missing. A couple guys, a couple key guys, and Jared Allen, a couple others. Um, Kevin Love. Toronto Raptors, yeah, Kevin Love as well. Toronto Raptors did come away with a really good win. Uh, like I mentioned, 100 to 88. That brings the Raptors record to 11 and 9 on the NBA season. And last but not least, if you love the Toronto Raptors, do us hardworking individuals at Raptors Republic a favor. Subscribe to the Raptors Republic YouTube and the Rapcast podcast channel wherever you're watching or listening. Aiden, let's get into this game really quick. Hit it. Uh, we already mentioned the Cavs were uh, missing, a, probably, you know, arguably um, their most impo- important player. And likely their most important player defensively in Jared Allen yeah. and then missing one of their key rotation guys in Kevin Love, who has assumed that role, I'd say, incredibly well in the last year and a half. Um, yeah, you think he's about got a long game? way from being a moody behotch throwing the ball out of bounds and stuff. It's come a long way. Yeah, what did you think about the overall game? Um, I mean, it wasn't one of those ones where the Raptors just took the lead late. I mean, they took it and they just kind of ran with it. Yeah, I before we get all googly-eyed I, I will just yeah. lay out the caveats that jared allen and i've, I've seen the on-off numbers i don't recall them exactly but the on-off defensive numbers with evan mobley aren't that great but with jared allen they're monstrous like when he is on the floor they are a defensive giant and when he's off they're quite bad which was kind of what we saw tonight um secondly back to back they beat detroit and they had to give it their all in the fourth quarter to win and thirdly isaac okoro they let that man shoot and do whatever the hell he wanted all game, and he was one for eleven, zero for five from three. And that uh, we can we can definitely, as Raptors fans, empathize with the guy in the corner being wide open and missing. Um, so you know, I think from, from before I get all excited, we have to like take it take all of that with a grain of salt. But but now I'm excited. And the biggest thing I'm excited about is the fact that Nick Nurse finally, finally balanced the rotations. Like, and it, you know what? If this was his master plan all along, then like I commend him because the slow build of integrating Wanjo and Thaddeus into this lineup and building their confidence and seeing where they best fit with what lineups, if that was his plan all along, if that was his long game, is absolutely genius because they really do fit with Freddie, OG, and Pascal. To a team again, Cleveland was smaller, so having Thaddeus out there, you could get away with it. In other lineups, you won't. But then you bring in Scotty and Gary along with um, eventually Boucher and Coloco, and you suddenly have this second line that is just or not as dangerous, but close to as dangerous as the starters going against secondary players and uh, 
and it, it worked so well. So that was the biggest, other than Pascal's return, that was what I was super excited about. Yeah, uh, a lot of weird, strange things were happening in this game. Um, before we even get into those weird things, I mean, the biggest storyline heading into the game, Aiden, was the return of superstar and likely uh, 2023 all-star Pascal Siakam. And honestly, if he keeps this pace up, we're looking at an all-NBA player as well. Uh, Pascal Siakam did return from his groin injury, which was cool to see. Um, I mean, he had Raptors Twitter on fire at first. It looked like, um, you know, a probable designation. And then once it got confirmed, it started rolling through wild, rolling through like wildfire um, in Raptors Twitter, at least. Uh, Pascal Siakam did play. He played incredibly, incredibly well. And yeah, he was, I guess, the... Um, least strange part of the starting lineup. I mean, other than Fred being there, uh, Thaddeus Young did start. Um, Juancho Hernan Gomez started. Uh, OG Ananobi was pushed all the way down to two guard. I mean, if you want to talk positionally, uh, he immediately was thrown on Donovan Mitchell to start the game, which was cool to see. Um, and it, again, it just goes back to what we say all the time about OG Ananobi, how he's guarding guys one night who are 6'11", 6'10". I mean, if you want to call Kevin Durant seven feet, you can do that, Sure. I'm not going to argue with you. And then the next night, he's guarding a 6'4", Donovan Mitchell, or 6'3". I don't know what he is, but he look, he looks small. Um, so it's incredible. It's incredible that OG has the um, you know ability to, to do those types of things. Um, Siakam, yeah, he's back. And the Raptors' offense, I mean, it looked much better. It did, you know, the rotations did look kind of odd at first, Aiden, especially in the first half. Um, we all are used to seeing Gary Trent Jr. start games. We're all used to seeing... Scotty Barnes start games. Scotty Barnes um, was coming off the bench. Uh, he was a non-starter for the first time in his young NBA career, which is kind of crazy. Um, is that true? It, it is. I mean, according wow. to TSN, at least it was on, the, on the broadcast. So, yeah, he has he started every single game that he's been a part of. So, um, that was kind of, I mean, strange in and of itself. But like you said, it added a new dimension to... Um, to the Raptors game, you had Chris Boucher, who normally comes off the bench, coming off the bench. You had Scotty Barnes. You had Gary Trent Jr. Um, and then, I mean, at the end of the game there, you had Delano Batten and um, the young guys kind of just flutter in. Ken Burch did play a little bit in this game as well. Um, but it was weird. It was a weird wrinkle that I don't even think Nick Nurse um, expected or expected to call. People have been complaining quite a bit, uh, including Nick Nurse. I mean, he did publicly about uh, Gary Trent Jr., criticized him publicly. Um, it was constructive criticism, um, and maybe this is a way to kind of light a fire under guys like Gary Trent Jr. Scotty Barnes is a little bit of a different issue. No one knows if his, uh, you know, him coming off the bench is more injury-related or if it's the same thing, because there have been times this season where Nick Nurse has not looked pleased with Scotty Barnes um, and his performance. So, Aiden, would you... Um, I guess expand a little bit more on the rotations and what you thought about it. Is this something that the Raptors can kind of stick to for the time being, or um, do you think this is a short-term thing for them? Yeah. I mean, you, you got to wonder how much of this is like reintegrating Scotty into the rotations. And, and I think, I think Gary just straight up got demoted. Um, I saw one theory somewhere that like Wancho and Thaddeus started so that you could, if you bench Scotty and Gary, it looks better than just benching one <laughs> or, over the other, which yeah, I like, you know, like maybe there's something there, but I, like, I know I've been preaching this all year, which is that there are just too many 
uh, guys that need the ball in their hands and, you know, like letting Scotty and Gary have a little bit more breathing room to do their thing just makes so much sense. And then you saw at the end of the game, like Scotty was out there and, and Gary was as well for some parts of it. So, you know, starting does not mean it's your best lineup. It just means that like when, you know, I mean, it can mean a lot of things for a lot of teams, but it doesn't mean that it's your best lineup. And so like, that shouldn't be an ego shot. Um, I think, I think there's a couple of issues as far as like where Scotty fits with the, with, with the bench unit. Um, they had Boucher, Scotty and Birch out there. And like, Scotty just can't play the three. You, like mm-hmm. it's too, it's too slow for that. He needs to be kind of that. He needs to play that Thaddeus position at the, at the four spot. Um, and I think, you know, not have Coloco out there at the same time and well, and Boucher, like they can't have, and Birch, like those four guys, I don't think can really operate together. Um, but other than that, like I think uh, it gives it just gives us so much more depth and like options. You know, you know how yeah. many times have we watched this year watching Malachi dribble with the shot clock winding down and hoisting something, or just complete you know dead death on the in the half court? And we didn't really see that that much tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, Pascal did bail out, bails out a few times early on, and maybe, maybe should we talk about Pascal's game? I don't know. Yeah, we should. Just to expand a little bit more on the rotations, though, um, I just find it funny, Aiden, that we were talking all offseason long about whether Gary Trent Jr. is going to be a starter or Precious Achua, and now we are at the situation where Precious Achua is injured, and Gary Trent Jr. has been demoted with Precious Achua out of the rotation. Um, this doesn't look too great, and I mean, we're gonna get we're gonna have tons of time this season to talk about. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. I mean, the hopeful, uh, the hope is that you know he just gets back to what we saw from last season in Gary Trent. It's 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 you see it at the bottom. I didn't even know this myself. This is Gary's fourth career game off the bench for the Raptors. Um, I for some reason thought there was a bit more, but maybe not. Um, but yeah, we can get into Pascal Siakam as well. And I mean, Aiden, you said maybe Scotty Barnes coming off the bench is a way to integrate him back in slowly. I mean, Pascal Siakam did not need. No. any integrating whatsoever this guy came out firing like a cannon and you would think you know i'm a little i mean a little scared a little fearful because groin injuries are not something to um scoff at aiden i don't know if you've had one yourself um they're not fun they linger and they linger and they linger and they linger um and with you know pascal siakam you just don't know because he the amount of physical you know stress he puts on his body there's a lot of triple threats, a lot of jab steps. There's a lot of spins and a lot of stretching out and a lot of diving with Pascal. So you just don't, you don't know. Um, I mean, the hope is obviously with Toronto's world-class medical staff is that um, he's going to be healthy for the rest of the year. Is it something that's going to linger for the rest of the year? Probably. But I mean, this game was incredible. I was watching him in awe almost, Aiden, which I shouldn't have been because I almost forgot what watching Pascal Siakam is like. Um, yeah, he's, he's a star seven for 14. And, you know, a lot of those misses came in the second half when they kind of went away from him a little bit. Uh, he was a plus five, 18 points, 11, 11 rebounds, five assists. Um, he looked incredible in this game, you know, sh- a little shocking. He had only four free throw attempts, but this is probably, um, the perfect opportunity for Nick Nurse to integrate Pascal Siakam into the starting lineup, get him familiar to all the, with all the starters, but then also at the same time, kind of, um, you know, give him a little bit of a break in a game that Toronto Raptors had control of in the second half, right? Yeah, he came out with a purpose very early on 
Um, and there wasn't really an answer like until Mobley kind of started to play him, but they had a Coro on him early, which was just a disaster for Cleveland. And then they yeah. had Wade on him later on, and that was a disaster. And it goes basically as you would with any superstar player. He's he he takes it in isolation and just score, score, score. Um, I think he, he had seven straight in the second quarter at one point, uh, most of them at the end of the shot clock. And then I think in the third quarter, um, he had two or three assists almost in a row. He drew two or three fouls almost in a row. Like you saw him adjust his his game as they adjusted their defense, right? Like, and I mean, that's all you can ask from your primary almost like superstar option is that like he could score every time, but there he found that there were easier ways um, to get scores and to get other people yeah. involved. Um, and so, yeah, he was extremely efficient for 30 minutes. Um, yeah, he got, yeah, he just had a yeah. great game. Five assists for him is even quite high, um, it is, yeah. you know, in his return. So it was an excellent game by Pascal. And, you know, like we've, there's been a lot of commentary on this, like their transitions better with him. Their defensive rebound is better with him. Like they just, he just is kind of, he put, he's puts everything together. And when you see, Pascal at this level, and then you see Freddie playing at a pretty high level. He didn't shoot great tonight, uh, generally, but he played pretty well. And then you have OG playing at this elite level. Like when you see everybody firing on all cylinders, it's pretty goddamn terrifying. Yeah. Um, and then on the Cleveland Cavaliers side, they have a, 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 I mean, I was about to say a rookie. I mean, that year it flew by. Evan Mobley, who's now a sophomore, just like Scotty Barnes. Um, well-regarded as one of the better defending bigs in the league, he couldn't handle Pascal as well. And, I mean, that just goes to show that Pascal Siakam's came a long way. I mean, yes, you, you know, from the Cavs side, they probably have fans screaming, well, we don't have Jared Allen to contest him in the paint. Well, a lot of what Pascal was taking from, from the Cavs wasn't really coming in the paint. He was dominating around the mid-range. He was uh, he looked incredible from 15 to 18 feet away. It couldn't be stopped. He just couldn't. Um, so, I mean, de definitely Jared Allen would have had an impact in this game. But, I mean, I saw tons of, of you know, the typical bickering back and forth between Raptors fans and the opposing fans um, about the hypotheticals and, oh, well, if this guy was here and if that guy was there. I mean, it is what it is. Um, I saw a funny joke. Someone someone, someone tweeted, um, Evan Mobley is, is now going to be referred to as Marvin Bagless. So uh, he has no bag, but I mean, it, I, I love it. I'll take it. It is what it is. Um, someone already mentioned it in the comments, which just kind of clicked um, in my head. Um, I mean, it's a little bit of a disrespect <laughs> towards Marvin Bagley. I, I still like Marvin Bagley as a player, but it is what it is. Marvin Bagless will go. Um, and just looking down for the rest of the team, we got to talk about some of these other players who, who played incredibly well. Um, one guy I want to key in on has to be OG Ananobi. Because in the second half, especially in the third quarter, he looked really good, man. Uh, Pascal Siakam took a little bit of a backseat, and OG Ananobi just went off. Another game above shooting above 50%, uh, shot above 50% from three as well, four for six. He was eight for 13 from the field. He had 20 points, didn't do much in the rebounding category. I feel like uh, I was watching kind of Scotty Barnes steal, steal a few from him, which I kind of felt bad for because there's tons of guys on this team, Aiden, that love grabbing rebounds. Uh, he had Thad Young to deal with. He had Pascal, uh, even Wancho. I mean, Wancho around the rim has become a guy, Aiden. He's yeah. not a guy that you can just, you know, box out and just um, know that he's not going to be there. He's going to be battling all night. So 
Um, OG did a great job scoring, though. Another efficient night. And I think Pascal being there, Aiden's going to help him a lot, no? 100%. I think part of the rebounding thing, too, is that you want Scotty and Pascal to grab those boards so that they can get out and run. And OG can yeah. do that, but it's not his best. He was also on the perimeter. And I think more importantly than his scoring was his defense. Donovan Mitchell, three for 11, 27% shooting, one for five from three, two assists. It's not like he was creating for anybody else. No turnovers, but he scored eight points and was minus 21 with minus one free throw attempt. He, wow. He's averaging almost 30 a game, is he not? I mean, he is, he is. he's up there. He's considered an all uh, basically an all-star this year, and OG absolutely swallowed him, him up. And I think, hmm. you know, it's a back-to-back. Maybe Mitchell was tired. You know, other things are, are you know, the Raptors were able to cheat a little bit because you got Okoro in the corner who you don't give a shit about. But but, but OG was in uh, Donovan Mitchell's shorts. And and so, like, to do that and then go down on the offensive end, and you're right, I think with Pascal there, OG fits, and also with Gary and Scotty not on the floor um, at times, it, it fits OG's um, capabilities perfectly. Like a tertiary creator, hit the open shot, attack weak sides or reversals, whatever. Get post ups on switches like he did to Garland a couple of times, and like that is perfect, uh, a perfect role for OG, primary defender, tertiary scorer, and he's only going to get better at both. Um, I, it was an incredible game for him. Yeah, and I think he's also um, well now. It seems like he has the confidence and the ability to kind of elevate himself to a secondary scorer. He doesn't need, you know, Fred Van Vliet to always kind of pick up the load that Pascal Siakam leaves behind. Because in this game, um, Fred Van Vliet was 5 for 15 with 13 points. Yes, he was a plus 24. So the Raptors must have been doing something right when Fred was on the court. Because plus 24, again, is nothing to laugh at. But um, OG Ananobi with 20 points, which led the Raptors. And you would think that in a game like this, you know, you have Pascal Siakam. You know, you have Fred Van Vliet. You have Gary Trent Jr., but when you have Gary Trent Jr. and Fred Van Fleet, you know, combining uh, nine for 24 from the field, it's not really, you know, upon Pascal Siakam to, or really any of the rotation guys to pick up all of the remaining slack. I think OG's taken it upon himself to, um, you know, muster up all of that confidence that he has and that we've been begging for with OG. And now you're seeing this guy's looking like, he's playing like an all-star, Aiden. I'm going to say it. He's playing like an all-star. Um, Pascal Siakam was out. He picked up the majority of the slack there with Pascal gone. Um, Fred was gone for for a large portion of, of when Pascal was out with injury as well. So it really was just OG and a bunch of rotation guys. Scotty missed some time as well. So we got to give OG a lot of credit because yeah. he's a guy that we got we have to constantly um, bring up because um, I feel like everything is constantly changing around OG Ananobi and his performance is the constant. It's staying the same. Right. You're, so you're totally right. He's been very yeah. adaptive in his roles. Exactly. And I think like last year we, he started out as being the primary guy with Pascal out and he just wasn't really ready for it. He had some good games, but they weren't very efficient. And you can just kind of tell that his game is slowly just evolving and getting better. And you're right. He's way more confident and that might just be a maturity thing. Um, but he's way more decisive too. Like he is, getting the ball and attacking over and over and over again, whether he travels, whether he scores or whether he offensive fouls. And you can't, you need, you need to have that confidence in order to enable yourself to like get to that next level, which he is. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think OG, now we're at the point where, like I said, same thing with Pascal Siakam. If Pascal Siakam keeps up this level of play, we're looking at an all-NBA player, um, easily, I think, a top 15 player in the league. I mean, I called him a top 15 player in the league before the season even started. A lot of people disagreed with that. Um, that's okay. That's fine. I think he's clearly proven that before he went down with injury, he's been, he was a top 10 player, um, in the NBA. Um, you know, but the NBA is all about consistency. This is the highest level of basketball, Aiden, right? So it's not about just doing this for two months. It's not about doing this for four months. It's not about doing this even for one season. It's about doing this and, um, kind of taking that momentum that you build through one season and bringing it to the next. And I think that's why most people are excited with the Raptors future, because now you're seeing OG and Pascal, um, a lot of, you know, two players who a lot of, you know, the outside NBA media thought really hit their, hit their, you know, yeah. ceiling. They thought that was it for, had, for, had yeah, they thought that was exactly, they thought that was it for OG and Pascal. And they're, you know, even if they hit their ceiling prior to this season, they're still really good NBA players, but I think they've both proved that they can take it to the next level. And um, which is great to see. I think now you're looking at a team that is starting to get healthy, you know, quite, easily manhandle the Cavs team again yes Cavs fans I'm gonna say the Cavs are missing a couple key players sure but this is the NBA that happens the Raptors have been missing guys all season long it is what it is I think Aiden we're reaching the point where now um you know if the season goes all goes along we could say OG is slowly transforming into a second scorer um a, a secondary score on a very good um basketball team He's proved it so far. I know it's only been 15, 20 games so far this season, but I think we're starting to see a new OG Ananobi, and it's impressive to watch, especially, and I'm going to keep saying it, guys, he's not just playing really well offensively. We're talking about elite defensively as well. There's not a lot of players who can play like that. There's just not. Yeah, um, that's very impressive. What, what did you think about Scotty Barnes' performance off the bench? I know a lot of people will look at the box score and go, well, 5 for 12 is not that great. Um, but him and Gary Trent Jr., you know, did have moments in this game where they looked pretty good. And Scotty Barnes was a plus 12 in this game as well, Aiden. So what did you think about him? And I guess Gary Trent Jr. as well. He he was he was solid. Like, he didn't uh, blow me out of the water. But he, I think he kind of, you know, there was a couple of times there where he wanted the ball in his hands to break down Wade. And one time he did, and the other time he didn't get the ball. And he kind of looked like huff and puffy because Freddie looked him off. Um, but he played well. I mean, he, he's, if you're going to look at him as a bench player, he's, he's more or less what you want from your, your sixth or seventh guy, right? Like, you know, he had five assists, he had three blocks actually. Um, and I think that is where OG or Scotty's best is kind of in that four or five spot on the defensive end. And then on the offensive end, kind of being the uh, orchestrator or whatever. So First game back, he looked like he looked fine. I don't, he didn't really stand out to me uh, in any significant way, other than you know hitting the odd jumper, which is always good to see. How about you? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it was a little strange seeing him come off the bench because I always just assume that when Scotty's playing, he's starting, um, and he's not necessarily a guy that I felt like the Raptors needed to rush back. Not to say that they did rush back again. All the trust is in the Raptors medical staff, but Aiden. Um, Pascal Siakam did return in this game. So, I mean, if they felt like Scotty Barnes needed to sit a little bit longer, I would have been okay with it. Um, but again, who knows? This could be a thing where Nick Nurse is like, let me try this out. Let me see. You know, I, I think he feels good enough about some other guys we haven't even mentioned yet. Guys like Thaddeus Young who have been playing incredibly, incredibly well. 
Um, he's stepped in as a, as a starter recently and has done extremely well. Uh, doesn't look out of place. Extremely, you know, if we talk about a guy, Aiden, who fits the Raptors, everything they do absolutely perfectly. A guy who in a post-up is, is you know, diming these entry passes to, to Bo Cruz, who's cutting to the rim. Yeah, like, that, it's just, those I, guys I, I watch connection. Yeah, I mean, I made a joke on Twitter that Thaddeus Young just needed a little bit of time. I called it WD-40. Uh, he just needed a little bit of time in the beginning of the season. And a lot of people were like, well, Thaddeus, you know, he's a little too old now. Like, it doesn't look like he fits the right. I mean, guys, it was three, four, five games in the, in the season. He's a little bit, of, little bit of an older guy, longer in the tooth. So give him a little bit of time. Now I think we're at the point where we can say Thaddeus Young um, looks like he belongs as a starter on a pretty good basketball team. Part of it is they – they enabled Thad to do what he does best, right? Like again, also with all of these injuries out, they they focused part of the offense around him, right? Like whether it was him isolating isolating in the post down low or operating uh, in on the elbow where he's like pretty dynamic. I think it gave him the confidence and the comfort to kind of do what he does best, and then you know his teammates also saw that a lot a little bit, right? Like. Uh, the last game, Boucher cut on the baseline a couple times, and he found Boucher. Wancho's been cutting off him nicely. Him and Freddie actually had really nice uh, two-man game today as well. So, like, I, I think defensively is maybe where, you know, we'll see that age, so to speak. But he played pretty well defensively tonight, too. Um, yeah, you're right. I think he just needed a little bit of time to to get accustomed to what this team does. But, man, another just – like you know what this team? I said this last um, Saturday when I did my monologue because I was by myself. Um, is that this team is so good when they just pass the ball? And like I think that goes without saying for a lot of teams. Although if you're Dallas, maybe not. But the the when this ball sticks and guys get caught up in their ISO, other than really Pascal, like I just feel like they're not at their best. And Thaddeus is a WD-40 for this offense. Like, he doesn't mm-hmm. hold on to the ball very long, and he's always looking for another guy to pass the ball. So is Wancho. Wancho's always looking to just – he's he and Otto and Thad, they're connective tissue, right? They're just, like, keeping that ball moving, and hopefully it's contagious. And when it is, this team looks, like, really dynamic on the offensive end. Yeah, and like I said, when you have these rotation players like Wancho Hernan Gomez and Thad Young, even if you're going to start them, they just – you know, they don't necessarily have to blow the roof off of Scotiabank Arena or wherever they're playing away from home. Um, you just need them, like you said, to be that connective tissue, to just keep things flowing, to not kind of stick out like a sore thumb, right? And I think Wancho Hernan Gomez and Thaddeus Young both did a great job of that today. Um, you know, plus 13 for Thaddeus Young. And Wancho Hernan Gomez played 20 minutes. And, I mean, he didn't shoot a ton of shots. It was only three shots, but he hit two of them. And he yeah. had the only three that, that he took and, you know, he did grab six boards and he looked like a guy that was battling and fighting down low with, with Dean Wade and uh, some of those other bigs um, that they were dealing with, with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, um, you know, I know I kind of went off topic. You asked me about Scotty Barnes and I kind of went to Thad Young, but I feel like Scotty Barnes' job is a lot easier with Thad Young when he's on the court. And when Scotty Barnes can, he can learn from Thad Young. He really can. Definitely. Um, Thad Young's been in the league for a very, very, very long time. <laughs> Right, we're talking about a guy who, I, last time we went live, Aiden, I think you mentioned he. I don't know if you mentioned career games. That young, that young ranks very high. I think it's in career games or yeah, he's active third player in score. active players career games. I think. Yeah, so I mean, we're talking about the entire NBA here. So 
uh, he can learn quite a bit. And Dad Young is ageless. I tweeted it. He looks ageless. So um, for Scotty, I think you, now Nick Nurse probably looks at this game and he goes, well, if we handily beat, you know, a Cavaliers team who still had Darius Garland and still had Donovan Mitchell, um, you know, maybe the Scotty Barnes off the bench thing can can be the integration can go a little slower because mm. I think you can never go well. We're just gonna have Scotty Barnes go out, come off the bench the rest of the season. Like you can't you can't do that at this point, right? Um, but if Nick Nurse maybe was planning for this to be a one game thing, maybe he's gonna take a two game look at this instead, or maybe a three game look because things look very good. Um, with the rotations, at least in the second half of the game. The first half of the game, I feel like everyone is kind of, like I mentioned earlier, a little bit in shock, Aiden, like, well, what's going on? I don't, I'm not used to this. Gary Trent's coming off the bench. What? What's going on? Um, but I think later in the game, you start to see things smooth out. And, yeah, the Cavs just couldn't score. Um, everything became difficult. The Raptors looked like they they studied really well for this matchup. I mean, um, there were late – I felt like every late defensive rotation, Aiden – was to Isaac Okoro, and I think that was deliberate because the open shots he was taking were Absolutely. just, yeah. I mean, he was one for eleven. He was zero for five from the field. He was a minus thirteen, um, and it's it sucks because for the Cavs, you start to think about the what ifs because you have a very good basketball team, and Isaac Okoro was, I believe, eight in the fourth overall pick. He might have been the third. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I I think he was. A little bit later than that, but it, he was a lottery conversion. And you start to think it, and like if they really hit on that pick, I mean, the Cavs, we might be looking at a monster here. So, um, I mean, this isn't me calling, by the way, uh, before people twist my words, this isn't me calling Isaac Coral bust or anything. He just struggled in this game. Um, and he's, he's one of the peripheral he's players on the Cavs. He is, he is also, yeah, he is also very young. So, and this poor shooting is not atypical. Like, he is just not yeah. been good. And that's been the criticism of this team is they don't have a wing guy. Like, he's a fine defender, but he's not He's not a three. And their, their pick this year was supposed to be that guy, but they traded him to Utah. You know, I mean, part of this is, like, on the one hand, we held Cleveland to 88 points, which is like a 1998 basketball game. Uh, they average 113 a game. So, we, you know, we held them to 25 less than what they scored. On the other hand, um, they shot seven for 38. And as we know with our team, if you shoot that 18% from three on 43s, you're not going to win many ballgames. So, you know, I will say that, like, without getting, you know, overly excited about this accomplishment, um, mm. you can expect Cleveland to probably score more of these kinds of, more th- more threes than they did. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, seven for thirty eight for Cleveland is is a huge anomaly. Anytime I think a te- an NBA team shoots under twenty percent, you're looking at a massive anomaly, especially when it's the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, you know, we talk about a game, Aiden, where you're watching the Raptors the entire game, and it felt like Cleveland had no other choice but to attack the rim because no shot was falling for them, um, at least beyond the arc. Um, which is why you probably, when you look into the team stats, you can probably see that the Cleveland Cavaliers led the Raptors 52 to 40 uh, with points in the paint. But um, I mean, that was almost, I think, by design, Aiden. No? Sorry, what was almost by design? Letting the, them get to the paint? Letting them get to the paint. Yeah, I, I mean, I think what they're, yes, they're, well, I don't know. I mean, they're, I think what I saw is their plan was to let the guy like certain guys shoot. Shoot. Um, But I think, yeah, Mobley was pretty fearsome down low, especially on the offensive rebounds. 
and Garland did get there, a, you know, a fair bit. And, and Robin Lopez had uh, nine points. So, I mean, they Garland was seven for 11. He actually didn't play that badly. Um, so, yeah, but I think, I think ultimately they, they were going to make them score difficult shots in the paint um, as best they could from what yeah. I saw. Yeah. And it was their fewest made threes of the season, their lowest percentage of the season for the Cavaliers. Um, a very difficult, I think, watch for Cavs fans. And for Raptors fans who haven't been watching the Cleveland Cavaliers this season, yes, the Raptors did defeat the Cavs on opening night in Toronto. However, if you haven't been watching the Cavs, uh, Cleveland did, you know, they did win eight straight following that season opening loss in Toronto mm -hmm. um, and then returned to this game. Uh, winning five of their last six games. So, I mean, this isn't a Cavs team that, you know, has you know lost that first game and kind of just fell off the wagon. If you haven't been watching, this has been one of the better teams in the East. A team that, um, you know, like Matt Devlin mentioned right when the game began, you know, they do really well at home, just like the Raptors, and they struggle away from home, just like the Raptors, and just like the Warriors. I don't know if anyone's watching that this season as well. I mean, the Warriors, it's almost egregious uh, when you look at the contrast between their home, home and the uh, away win-loss record, but um, there it is again, John Smith. See, I knew I wasn't the only one that that heard about this nickname, so uh, Marvin Bagless for, for Evan Moby. Um, yeah, so Aiden, do you want to get into really quick uh, who we thought was the Can-Am tax player? I don't know if you've thought about it already. I think we're going to differ. I feel like, I we're feel like we will as well. Let me hear yours first. I'm going with OG Ananobi. I think like the, the this was to me, his best defensive game of the year, if not his, like possibly his career. There was two plays. One uh, where he was on the perimeter locking up Donovan Mitchell and Mitchell passes it. And I forget who gets to the lane, but OG just beelines it and him and Wancho kind of block him at the rim. I don't know if you remember that, but like, so it just demonstrate how, how good he is one-on-one -on -one defensively and then also as a as a help side defender and then um a couple of plays later he also kind of did the same thing where he like sprinted over to the weak side on a baseline drive and just totally stifled it like he's just so dominant now on the defensive end and holding a guy like donovan mitchell to eight points is like absolutely insane um and eight points is that what i said yeah and so uh, I'm giving this – and then he was just dialing it up from downtown. He was four for six from three, had 13 shots, but had 20 points. Like, that's about as good as it gets, man. So OG is my tax man. Yeah, and guess what, Aiden? We're not going to differ on this one because OG is my tax man as well. Um, let me let me, let me me tell the, the, the people watching and listening uh, something real quick. November 21st versus the Atlanta Hawks, Donovan Mitchell had 29 points. Two days later against Portland, he had 34 Two days, two days after that, he had 29. Two days after that, he played the Pistons. He had 32. And then he goes and visits Toronto again, and he has eight points on three for 11 shooting with OG Ananobi as his primary defender. Me and Aiden agree. We are in full agreement, 1,000% agreement. OG Ananobi is your taxman uh, player of the game. Um, Do you know what the number eight great. is? That's yeah, that is the points he scored tonight, but it's also his position yeah. in points averaged in the league. He is and the wow. eighth best scorer in the league right now. Yeah. And I thought and I and I honestly thought Aiden he'd be a little bit higher than that, but 
being eighth best top 10 in the NBA and scoring is no joke at all. So OG Ananobi is your Can-Am tax man of the night. No. If you guys look in the top right corner of the screen, if you're watching and if you're listening, please visit canamtax.com. You can also call them at 416-243-2912. We also have some pretty cool news coming up that we will share with you likely um, in the next couple shows. If not, the next show will be the next show. It will be the show after that. Sorry. It will be the show after that. Uh, me and Aiden will not give you guys any clues. But um, let's just say we have some new friends uh, at Wrap Up Live that we'd like to share with you guys. So um, to wrap everything up, OG Ananobi is your taxman player of the game. I think we've done a great job, Aiden, of uh, recapping a fun night in Toronto. If you were at the game, we hope you enjoyed it. Um, it looked like another fun night at Scotiabank Arena. And uh, unfortunately, you did have to watch the Cavaliers only put up 88 points in this one. But uh, Aiden, do you want to end it off with anything? Do you want to add anything before we head out? No. Um, we got New Orleans on Wednesday. Also in Toronto, that's right. They're playing. Do we know what happened with them? They're playing Oklahoma right now. It's oh, yeah, 103 101. Everybody should tune in. Um, Please tune into that. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be interesting. I wonder if OG guards Zion. <laughs> that would <laughs> we'll be the ultimate opposite. <laughs> this is going to be like the final boss. I can't wait. Are they um, the same weight? They might be the same weight. How much does Zion weigh? OG wouldn't say so. OG doesn't like it when people say um, he's one of the bigger guys in the league for his size. He, he clearly didn't like it when someone asked him. I forgot who it was in the media, but... Um, Zion's you know. 285 pounds, so... Okay, yeah. OG's, de OG's definitely OG's not that not big. That big. <laughs> He's definitely not that big. Before you guys all leave us tonight, we need you to subscribe to the Raptors Republic YouTube as well as our podcast channel. You can search Rapcast on any um, you know podcast app that you have. This was the wrap-up, your official Raptors Republic post-game live show where your Toronto Raptors defeated the Cleveland Cavaliers 100-88, to bringing the Raptors record to 11 wins and 9 losses on the NBA season. Don't forget to like, like, and like one more time. Subscribe. Comment if you haven't already. Uh, we love you here at Wrap Up. This live show was produced by your favorite producer, Kian Haddad, who's doing all the background work with a big old smile on his face. <laughs> that was it for myself. Sahal Abdi, again, here with Aiden Moss and Kian Haddad. We'll see you guys all um, Wednesday night, I believe it is, yeah. versus the New Orleans Pelicans. I cannot wait. Wow. Should be fun. Jeez. Should be fun. Take care.